Welcome everyone to the last weekend of our Kingdom Come series. And I want to start this week, I think, just like I've started every other week in this series, uh, with, a, with a question. And it's a question I think all of you can handle, everybody here can answer, because it's very individual, very subjective, and it goes like this. What, what do you think of when you hear the word heaven? What comes to mind when you hear the word heaven? Immediately, for a lot of us, we think of a song and a stairway. Yeah. Or, or, or if you, you know, for me, I'm a big Brian Adams fan. No shame there. You make of it what you will, but I'm finding it hard to believe we're in heaven. Yeah. Oh, it's a great song. I don't know. Maybe you think of a book or a poem or a TV show or a movie. There have been some great ones out there. Maybe when you hear the word heaven, you immediately, especially some of you dads or, or granddads out there, you start thinking of heaven jokes, right? There are lots of heaven jokes. There, there are a dime a dozen everywhere. And, and I don't tell them often, uh, but, you know, pastors are known for, you know, heaven jokes. Like, here's a good one. Ready? Here's a good one. You ready? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so, so check this out. <clears throat> it goes like this. So a Duke fan dies and goes to heaven. That, that's it. That's the joke. <laughs> oh, that's so good and so wrong at the same time. Yep. Anyway. Most of the time when people think about heaven, they think about angels and harps and halos and people floating around on clouds. Most people think about stuff like that, like where um, heaven is where good people go. And when we think that, seldom do we really stop and unpack, you know, what is good and all that kind of stuff. We just say good people go to heaven, right? And, and heaven is a place where people go when they have said a special prayer that's referred to as the sinner's prayer. A lot of people think, especially like in church circles, think about stuff like that. Now here's the deal. There is some truth to some of that. But most of that has little to nothing to do with what the scriptures tell us about heaven. I just want you to let that sink in a second because that's a, that's a harsh reality. It's kind of a wake-up call for a lot of us. Now, right up front, let me, let me address something because I want to set some of you at ease right now. When some of you think of the word heaven, you hear the word heaven, you immediately think of a loved one who has passed, who is in heaven. And I want to say very clearly, I do not want to cause any kind of doubt in your mind. I do not want to discourage you. I don't want to frustrate or upset you because here's the truth, as we will see in just a few minutes. Through faith in Jesus your loved ones are at rest in the presence of Jesus. They are at peace in the presence of Jesus. And all is well with them. So I'm not saying that your loved one, what they're experiencing, is not heaven. 
I'm just saying a lot of our assumptions about heaven are just that. They're just assumptions. And we'll get into it, but I just want to kind of lay the groundwork because there's not as much in the Bible about heaven as we think. You would think like that the Bible would be like be this commentary on heaven and what it is and what it's not and all this kind of stuff, but it doesn't say a whole lot about heaven. However, the Bible says a lot about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven, which is the same thing as the kingdom of God, used interchangeably. And that's why we're doing this series. Because Jesus talked about the kingdom of God over and over and over again. He talked very little about what we call heaven. And so in order to understand heaven, it is very important that we process it in the context of what the kingdom of God is all about. Let me show you. Uh, in week one, we talked about the kingdom of God is something that is here now, but not yet fully here. It is here now, but not yet fully. And that part where the here now part on, on this planet, on this side of eternity, are kind of like glimpses in this life. Specifically, what we were talking about last week, the way of Jesus, is when we get glimpses of what the kingdom of God is all about in this life, here and now. But watch this. The not yet fully part, that's what we call heaven. Because you look around and I look around, and have you noticed what's going on in the world? Of course you have. You look around and, and you go, this, this ain't it. This can't be it. This ain't heaven. Well, I agree. So even though we get glimpses now, we would agree that we're not yet fully here. Heaven, I mean, it, it just this ain't it. The not yet fully part is heaven. And I'm just going to let you know right now that heaven is the best word we have to describe the not yet fully. That'll make sense a little bit more in a few minutes, but it's the best word we have in our human language to describe this full experience of the kingdom of God. Now, let me start with what I think is our problem in understanding heaven in a way that the scriptures accurately portray it. The problem, the challenge that we face is that you and I have this habit of separating earth and heaven. We, we separate earth and heaven. And we've separated heaven and earth. And I know why we do it. I understand why we do it. It kind of helps us mentally process and figure out, okay, there's, there's earth down here and there's heaven up there, heaven out there, and there's earth down here. And we separate it mentally in order to be able to kind of get our minds around it a little bit better. It's kind of like earth is here and now and heaven is like some kind of never, never land. It's just really incredible, really awesome, but it's way out there somewhere, way out there in the future somewhere. And it's way beyond this world. And again, there is some truth to some of that, but there is a much better way to understand it, as we will see in a few moments. But when you separate earth and heaven, it causes all kinds of issues. For instance, you have this battle between physical and spiritual. When you separate earth and heaven, you separate physical world from spiritual world. And it seems intuitive to do that, right? But that's a problem, as we will see. You, we do it all the time. I do it, you do it, we do it often without even thinking. You see it in people in church circles like this. When you separate the physical from the spiritual, all kinds of things happen. Uh, things like this. You see a big difference between your life at church and your life the rest of the week. 
Here's just an example. When you separate the physical from the spiritual, you're like, yeah, I, I, go, to, I go to church to get my Jesus on on Sundays. Yeah, I'm, I'm stay, stay good with the, good, the big guy and everything. But, you know, Monday through Saturday, that's mine. Now, you wouldn't necessarily say it like that, but that's the way we live. Because you separate the physical and the spiritual, and you don't see how they're connected. When you separate the spiritual from the physical and the physical from the spiritual, here's something else that happens with people. You separate your relationship with God from your relationship with other people on earth. And it goes like this. Well, listen, me and God are good. That's the main thing. Me and God are good. Now, I hate her guts. But me and God are good. Me and God are good. And I can't stand him. I don't even want to talk to him. But me and God are good. That's the most important thing. Ain't that right, Pastor? Preacher man, isn't that, isn't that the way it's supposed to be? As long as me and the guy, the big guy upstairs, and me and God, we're good. Hmm. It's unfortunate because, see, your relationship with God and your relationship with other people are more connected than you could possibly imagine. And when you separate heaven and earth, you separate the physical and the spiritual. Yeah, the other problem, let me just hit this real quick. We separate this life from the next life, kind of the same thing, a different way of looking at it, that there's this life and then there's eternal life. And, and that the two are really not connected, that's unfortunate. Um, we begin to treat the earth as expendable because after all, we're gonna leave earth for heaven. When you separate heaven and earth, then, then earth is a place that we just can't wait to get the heck out of here. So who really cares what happens down here? The earth is seen as expendable. And, and caring for the earth is turned into a political issue, as we all very well know. This is what happens, unfortunately, when you separate heaven from earth and earth from heaven. Now, maybe, maybe you really never even process this like this. Maybe this never occurred to you like this. But I'm telling you, this is what happens, and it's a subtle drift. It's a subtle drift, and it impacts so very much. So, how do we clear this up? Because, to be quite honest, we, we don't know a whole lot about heaven. It seems strange for me to say that. Now, we know some things, and we'll talk about what we do know, but there's a lot we don't know, and here's why. No one's really ever been and come back to say, this is it. I mean, no one that probably you know, and I know there's people that say, and there's books and all that kind of stuff, and, I, I, and I've read those things. And I'm, I, but in your life, probably no one's been, spent a good long weekend, or a week, or a summer, or they vacationed there, and came back and said, listen, and I, I snuck in a phone. They usually don't let phones in there, but I got one in, and, and look, this is what I, yeah, no one's been to come back to tell us what it's like to tell us that, in fact, God is a Tar Heel fan <laughs> and that there are no cats. No one has come back to, I mean, that just sounds like heaven, right? It's just what heaven would be, at least for me. So, no one, so, so what, what do we know? What do the scriptures tell us? Well, here's what we know. Through faith in Jesus, we know that those who leave this world are in the presence of Jesus. In fact, all throughout the scriptures, and here's just a couple of places in the New Testament you see this. In 2 Corinthians and then again in Philippians in the New Testament, Paul writes that 
Our loved ones who die in Christ through faith in Jesus are with the Lord. This is huge. This is huge. With, like literally with the Lord. I don't know how that's possible. I don't know what that's like. But this is what we're told and this is what brings us peace. Our loved ones are with the Lord. There was this moment right before Jesus died when he was being crucified on the cross. Remember, he was crucified between two criminals, and one of the criminals on one side was giving Jesus what for and just you know joining in with the mocking and the, all this other, uh, the, all the other crowd. But there was the guy on the other side that he, he, he just really began to clue in on who Jesus was, and, and he just said, no, listen, listen, Jesus, I, I want you to, I believe, who, who you say you are, this is what he was basically getting at when he says, will you just remember me? Will you remember me? Will you keep me in mind when you come into your kingdom? Because I get who you are and I get what's going on here and I know how unworthy I am and I deserve this. You've done nothing wrong and here you are giving your life for us. You know what Jesus told him? Remember that? Maybe, maybe and, and even if you don't remember the story, here's the deal. Jesus said, today, hey, hey fella, today you will be these next two words, with me. You will be with me. And what Jesus referred to as paradise or heaven. And here's the bottom line. Anywhere Jesus is, is heaven. Even though I may not be able to fully describe it, even though we may not have some pictures to go by and diagrams and all this kind of stuff that we can look at, if you're with Jesus, I'd say that's heaven. Anywhere he is. And so, yes, to be absent from the body, we're told as followers of Jesus, is to be present with the Lord. It's really, really, literally. Like right now, we have loved ones that can look over and see Jesus. Like there's Jesus. Good morning. <laughs> right? And Jesus can look over and, and see our loved ones and, and go, hey, much better here, huh? Isn't that great that we're together? So we do know that. We, we do know that. But there's some other things that we know. I want to spend the rest of our time together unpacking what we do know. And the most of what we do know about heaven is given to us by the Apostle John towards the end of his life when God gave him a vision, allowed him to see into uh, a realm that no one else has ever seen. And, and God told him to write down what he saw. Now, we find these writings in the very last book of the New Testament in the Bible, the book of Revelation. One of the most misunderstood and misinterpreted and confusing uh, books. And Try to get your mind around. Why? Because it's a certain type of literature. The book of Revelation written by the Apostle John is called apocalyptic literature. That's very important. To understand when you're reading any type of literature that is apocalyptic, that's where we get our word apocalypse, right? Apocalyptic literature is heavily symbolic. Lots of symbols. Literature does different things. Like, okay, let me take you back to grade school. When you're reading narrative, and there's narrative in the Bible too, when you're reading a narrative, what you're getting is the story. This happened, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then they said this, and then they said this, and then this happened, because you're reading a story. When you're reading poetry, and there's lots of poetry in the Bible. When you're reading poetry, there's lots of figurative language. Colorful figurative language. And when you're reading apocalyptic literature, 
It's heavily symbolic. Lots of analogies, lots of head-scratching kind of stuff. So know that, know that. But we get enough of what John was writing to get the gist of what heaven must be like. There's enough there. Even though there's lots of symbolism, there's enough there for us to kind of get the idea. Let, let me show you. John writes, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The word new there is very, very important, and we'll come back to it here in just a few minutes and, and understand why that's so significant. But let me just say this right up front. This does not mean that in some way... God destroys the current heaven and destroys the current earth. There is a much better way to understand what he's getting at with the word new, as we'll see in a few minutes. But John, in this vision, said, I saw a new heaven, new earth, and I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem. Watch this. Coming down. Coming down out of heaven, which this word for heaven is the sky, the upper atmosphere. It's best he could understand what he was seeing, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. Do you see that symbol? We get that symbol, right? We get that symbol. Now, yes, the church is often referred to as like the bride of Christ. I get that. But what he's saying here is, you know the picture? The picture of a, of a groom you know, he's standing down front, and he's sweating bullets, you know, and he's all shifty, and he's not sure, and this is kind of awkward, and I'm, and I'm excited, and I'm nervous, and all this kind of stuff, and then the doors come open, and there she is, and it's like, oh, yeah. Finally. Oh, now that's what I'm talking about right there. That feeling, that's the feeling John said he got when he, when he saw, when he saw coming out of heaven, heaven coming to earth, it was just like, oh, would you look at that? That's amazing. I'm speechless. Then he goes on. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. The word people there is the word for humanity, among human beings. And he will be with them. They will be his people, and God himself, God himself, he ain't sending somebody else to do the job for him. He himself will be with them and be their God. Now, I want you to notice something right up front. Do you notice this? Pretty, maybe by the way I'm enunciating it, you've picked up on it. Notice the direction of all this. It's coming down this way. Heaven's coming this way, Right? And God's going to be with us. The direction is not us getting the heck out of Dodge, getting the heck out of here. I mean, let's just get out of here. God, take me away. That's not what's happening. What's happening is the opposite. Again, this blows away some of our assumptions. Is that heaven is the best word we got for it. It's the best word we have for it in our, in our language. But heaven is coming down. And God is coming down to be with us. Now, that, that's the direction of this. Now watch. Watch this description of what he saw. And God will wipe every tear from their eyes. That's going to be a good day. And there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. 
For the old order of things has passed away. I, I love that phrasing right there. The old order of things. The old way of life. The old way things have happened. It, it, it's, it's over. It's done. This description of this perfect experience. Perfect reality. Perfect place. That's what you long for. That's what I long for. That's what we hope for. And, and just, just beginning with no more crying. Can you imagine? Right? That, how, how helpful that would have been for me to remember, you know, as a dad of teenage daughters through the years. Lots of crying. No more. Yeah. Watch this. This is my favorite part. And he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Now, now, remember the first part when he said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth? It ties to this, because he says, I'm making everything new. It's, it's, you don't get the idea here when you look at this language that God is ticked. He's going to set fire to the whole thing, and it's all going to go, and it, I'm starting over. No, 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 no. And you know what? He actually promised Noah. God actually promised Noah in the Old Testament that that wasn't his intention ever again. You don't have to worry. You don't have to worry about me destroying the earth. And now we see God is saying, I'm going to make everything new. In other words, this earth you see and I see and we live in and experience the intention is that God is going to make it all new again, restore it back to factory defaults and beyond. Okay? Back before there was sin, back before there was any mess, you and I could hardly fathom that. Again, the best word we have for it is heaven. But he said, I'm going to make it all new, and heaven will be all new. It'll all be all new. Behold, I make everything new. This declaration. You know what this teaches us? It teaches us that basically and ultimately, heaven is a perfectly restored physical world with Jesus fully present. That's what it means that the kingdom of God is fully realized. You know that not yet fully? When the kingdom of God is fully realized, that will be heaven, and heaven is a perfectly restored physical world that you can touch and see and smell and taste and experience where Jesus is fully present in reality. Not some floating around. No, 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 no. I mean, like flesh and bone, here he is, God in flesh and flesh and bone right there. That is heaven. Imagine, imagine if, um, imagine an earth with no death, no decay, no issues, no problems. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Perfectly restored. And heaven is the best word we have for it. It's the best word that the, that the scriptures can put into our language where we can attach this kind of meaning to it. This is the kingdom of God fully realized. This is heaven. So here's what this means. Let's go back to our first list. Here's what this means. That earth and heaven are inseparably intertwined. Earth and heaven are inseparably connected. The physical is spiritual. That's what this means. 
It's not the physical over here and then the spiritual over here. No, the physical is spiritual. This world, this physical world has spiritual significance, all of it in some way, and most of it in ways you and I can hardly get our brains around and, and we don't understand. Just because we don't understand it and can't figure it all out doesn't mean it ain't happening. But the physical is spiritual. I, got a, I think I got just a small glimpse of this. Uh, my wife and I, a few weeks ago, were spending some time on the Blue Ridge Parkway. We were taking our own sweet time driving down the parkway uh, a few days, and we'd never done this before. It was just phenomenal. It's, by the way, amazing. We live so close to this thing, right? And, and just breathtaking. There were a couple of moments, there were a couple of moments on the parkway where Donna and I found ourselves just kind of like in awe of what we were seeing and what we were experiencing. And, and there was actually a moment where we were, we, the conversation twisted and changed from just um, how pretty this is to how holy and sacred we feel like what we're seeing is. I can't, I can't fully explain it. I don't know if you've had a moment like that in your life, and, and, and maybe it's a song, maybe it's a, um, and, and, and I mean more than a feeling, maybe it's an experience, something happened. But for us, I mean, our hearts are so connected to God when we see God's beautiful creation, because we're outdoorsy, kind of naturey kind of people anyway. So we were sitting on the parkway. We were actually sitting on the parkway for about 20 minutes. We'd pulled over to the side and didn't see anybody this way, no one that way, and what we were looking at, I mean, we just sat there and we were just like, this is unbelievable. I felt something holy, sacred. And I felt like this, is a, this has got to be a glimpse. And this ain't even made new yet. Can you imagine what this place is going to look like when it's all new? Restored back to the factory default of how it was originally created to begin with, before sin and decay and destruction? Are you kidding me? You know, from time to time you may get a glimpse. The physical is spiritual and this life is connected to the next. This life is connected to the next. Don't ever, ever forget this. What you do and how you live now matters, and it matters not just now. It matters for all eternity. It matters. And the earth is restorable. This earth is restorable. Do you know how we know this? Because Jesus is going to do it. He said, I am going to make it all new. So we know it's restorable. Now this is huge. Hang with me just a second here. This impacts the way you as followers of Jesus and me as followers of Jesus and people who call ourselves followers of Jesus, Christians, church people. This should affect how we see the earth. Do you, do you, do you know? And we should remember. When God created the earth, put Adam and Eve in charge, and he said, you guys are to be stewards of the earth. You are to care for the earth. In other words, we are in charge of caring for the earth until Jesus makes it all new. We're in partnership. We're in partnership as participants in the kingdom of God. Now, I can't save the world because I ain't Jesus, but I can do my part to care for the world and steward the world around me until he returns and makes it all new. And listen very carefully. This ain't a political issue. It's a spiritual issue. I know it's been made a political thing. That's highly unfortunate because it makes good people like you kind of kind of turn a deaf ear to it. Ah, oh, that's just all politics, talking about the environment and all this stuff. No, no, we as followers of Jesus have been given the responsibility to care for the world around us, and it matters. It matters. We're, we, it, it, the earth is not expendable. It's not okay that we just trash the place. 
right? Just kind of think, you know, you ever wanted to walk into your teenager's room and go, wait a second, this is my room you're trashing. I pay the bills here. This is my room. I, I own this room. This is not your room. We call it your room, but it's really my room. Clean up my room, right? You ever felt that as a parent? If not, one day you will. Just wait, right? This is kind of the same thing. We, we can't just trash the earth and, and not care about it. Okay, so that, I'm not running for office. You don't have to vote for me for nothing. That was free, but that's what this means, okay? The earth is restorable, and heaven will come to earth. When? I don't know, but it's closer than it ever has been. What's that going to be like? I'm not really sure. We got John's description. There's a lot of symbolism, but here's the bottom line. It's going to be good. And when Jesus is done with this whole thing and the kingdom is fully here, it'll all be made new. Let me just wrap up with these statements right here. Ultimately, this means it's all getting better. And some of you need to hear that because you've never heard that in a church setting before. You've never heard this as a follower of Jesus. You've actually heard the opposite your whole life. I grew up in churches and I was told the exact opposite. It's all going to hell. It's all going to hell. It's all going. To... Okay. Wow. Can't wait to wake up tomorrow. No, 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 no. Get... no, no. Here's the deal. Have you seen the world? We're not there yet. This is not saying bad things won't happen, and this is not saying there won't be some worse times along the way, but ultimately, if we're headed to the day when Jesus returns and says, I make everything new, then ultimately, it's all getting better. That's important because that gives you hope. That gives you hope, gives us something to look forward to. It's not doom and gloom. Enough with the doom and gloom. We got enough of that. This is good news. Isn't it interesting? That's what the gospel is called anyway. Good news. Ultimately, it's getting better. Number two, we are to be participants. We are to participate in the kingdom of God. Making on earth as it is in heaven a reality. Because that's what we were told to pray. That's how we were told to live. Jesus made it clear. We saw that in week one. You are, to, you are to live your lives according to the way of Jesus in such a way that it is on earth in your life as it is in heaven. So we are, number three, previews of what's to come. We are previews of the kingdom of God to come. That's that here now in glimpses but not fully yet. That brings us to a really convicting question to end this series. What kind of preview are you? What kind of preview am I? What kind of preview are we being? We are to be previews of what is to come as participants in the kingdom of heaven, of kingdom of God here and now. Until Jesus returns and makes all things new. This is, this is how we're to live our lives. To live according to the way of Jesus to treat others according to the way of Jesus in every way. Live in such a way that people look at our lives and go on earth as it is in heaven. That is my prayer for you. That is my hope for myself. So let's take a moment. And let's ask God to help us, because he will, he will. 
Ask God to help us be the preview that he intended for us to be all along. Father, thank you. Thank you for this. It's so encouraging to know that ultimately things are getting better and that we get to participate here and now. We're not just robots and we're not just here for no reason. We are here for a purpose and we get to participate in the process of bringing heaven to earth. And we just are glimpses at best. We're glimpses now. One day you will fully return and restore Make all things new and fully set up the kingdom of God physically on earth. And boy, what a heaven that will be. Help us to understand that now we are previews. Just like our loved ones who have gone before through faith in Christ are getting previews of what it's like to be with you because they are with you. And we are so comforted by that. That they are at peace and rest. And that gives us hope that if we die before you return, we're good. Through faith in Christ, we are with you. And one day that will become a physical reality in this world, on this planet. And the law be new. Just like it was intended from the beginning. So may we live our lives to be the preview you intended us to be. In Jesus' name, amen.